<laughs> Love Talk Radio. Hey. I'm leaving. One, two, one, two. Ooh, I bet you're wondering how you see about me, but my hustle and people peace. The number one drug free sponsorship. A foundation in the world, I'm telling you. <laughs> you are a drug free athlete. And I'm looking for a solid foundation to stand today. <laughs> Don't want to run like a mad truck to what? <laughs> Do <What>? ice cream. <laughs> Check us out at people feel. Russell.com, that's me. And now let's begin to chit-chat with an eye-pride answer and there's a reset. That is so awesome. Wait, I have to put my phone down so I can clap. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Stop I, I wish you would have let me know that. I would have harmonized with you. That was awesome. Oh, oh my gosh. Well, that means we, we just have to have you back about this time next year. <laughs> yeah, I think that. We should plan so a musical show. Land. Yeah, we can. Well, I can't carry a tune in a bucket, but I will definitely try. I can at least keep a beat, you guys. The, I can do that. You'll be the rhythm. Yeah, you'll be the percussion, <laughs> sister. That'll be it. That'll be it. So, <laughs> Listener Land, you asked for it, and he came through in shining color. So, everybody, send Kalen Hart, send him hand claps, send him everything for his fabulous intro tonight. I mean, really, I'm just I'm so playing. impressed with it all. I'm just <laughs> Were you nervous, Kalen? Is that yeah. nerve wracking? <laughs> You got a cold sweat going on, huh? Yes, I do. I had to meditate on it, DKB. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> oh, shoot. So, guys, you've had opera. We've had Marvin Gaye from KP. I don't even know what it's going to be next. Maybe it's going to be show tunes, but we're going to work this out. And so oh, you heard from the KP, and now you've heard reference to the DKP, which is Dr. Corey Probst from the Diet Dog. <laughs> And she is going to introduce herself. Yeah, because you know what? Last time you were on the show, Corey, we were probably only mm-hmm. about 20,000 deep as far as our listener base, and now we're over 50. So I think we've got a lot of potential new listeners that need to know who you are and what you do. So please well, share. First, uh, first, congratulations. <laughs> you can't throw that out there and, and I got to congratulate you on that. That's a massive accomplishment. So, but yeah, congrats. Oh, thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. And okay, praise the Lord. <laughs> Glory to God. <laughs> and, yeah, I'm I'm Corey Probst. I am the yes, vice president and wellness director at The Diet Doc. And I'm uh, Dr. Joe Klimzewski's partner. For those of you who are familiar with that name, many of you probably are. Yep. Yeah. Dr. Joe, yes. So what would you like me to share? (laughs) (laughs) Well, tell them them a little bit about Diet Doc and what that is, and then also talk to them about the 
psychology or the art of psychology that you bring to nutrition, diet doc. Oh, and guys, she was a pro uh, bodybuilder. I'm not sure if she's formally retired, if she's coming back, but so she's got that going too. But so just like, you know, just a little mini overview of the whole shtick. Sure. Okay. So the shtick is this. There we go. (laughs) I... Yeah, I'm a health psychologist, and I manage the general population nutrition and weight loss program at the Diet Doc. And we do, as you said, we focus on not just the physiology, but also the psychology. And so I have a mental edge mindset and peak performance program that a lot of our clients are involved in. And that's a, that's a, another you know, piece of the diet doc pie. We do um, performance and competition prep. What's that? I said you would use that reference, diet doc pie? Really? (laughs) The diet doc (laughs) pie, yes. We we promote flexible dieting. (laughs) Yes. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Which is really important to mention, right? Um, Yes. Yes. It's not a... We're not a don't eat this, never eat that, uh, cut out complete food groups sort of a plan. And I, you know, I really kind of feel like that's gone. I think most people are smart enough to understand that's not not the best way. But, (laughs) yeah, there are plenty of other kind of nutritional strategies out there that do promote that kind of a thing. But, um, yeah, so it's. It's mainly about sustainable nutrition, and it's not just weight loss either. It's health and fitness and overall longevity and well-being uh, to live your best life. That's what we really focus on. And, yes, as Desiree said, I used to compete. I <laughs> formally retired in, I think it was 2011. I can't believe it's been. Oh, my gosh. Oh, okay. Right? Eight years. Yeah, and uh, yeah. eight years I was a pro in bodybuilding, figure, and fit body, and um, yeah, so goodness, a lot of things have happened since then. <laughs> now my focus is cycling, <laughs> so I went from bodybuilding awesome. to an, an endurance sport, and all I can say is that I'm having the time of my life and just awesome. learning a ton of this. Yes. Uh-huh. So are you competing in cycling now, too? Or are you just working um, your way up to that? Or you're just enjoying the sport, or just the exercise of it right now? No. Well, I have a coach, and I am I have some Uh-oh. different races scheduled. So Uh-oh. it is Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Uh-oh. Yeah. I'm pretty serious well, about you know it. What? It's, uh, I yes. And you know what? We have never yeah. covered the sport of cycling on Real Talk before, so I I already see our <laughs> next show in the future. Once you've got a couple competitions under your belt, and you can give us like the full deets on the whole experience. It's been interesting. I mean, I I got started formally got started cycling because I used to do spinning and uh, things like that. But when I purchased my first like real nice bike. And I got completely fitted, and I started working with a coach, and, you know, he's monitoring my training program, and I have, I mean, it's, 
I, I am not knowledgeable at all, let me just say that. But I'm knowledgeable about, because I work with a lot of cyclists in, on their nutrition. Um, yeah. That piece plays a major role in our ability to perform optimally. So it's just been really fun. And I was always a cardio person. I love endurance sport. That was always that was always something I did even when I was bodybuilding. And maybe I would have done better bodybuilding if I had cut that out, but I just loved it too much. Um, there you go. So there you go, yeah. And so I got started in November of last year. I've been riding formally for, I guess, and it's wow. been a little over a year, but I rode over 6,500 miles last year. Holy smoke. Wow, that, yeah. that sure you're not is a truck fantastic. <laughs> and oh, my gosh, that's amazing. The other, the other fun piece about it is, you know, with my passion for mindset and just the mental piece and the psychology of performance, I'm learning a lot about myself in a way that I can translate into the work with my clients as well through this. Hallelujah. What's that? Yeah, that is awesome. That's it. Hallelujah. That is awesome. Yeah. It's super fun. That's it's exciting. Awesome. Yeah. It is exciting. All right. Well, we are excited. And you know what? I, I'm excited about something else here, too. So real quick. So you know, whatever yeah, that special it. announcement beeping is that comes up. I have a special <laughs> announcement, guys, and then we're going to kick off our show for real. But you remember yeah. when P4P Muscle was at the Arnold a couple of years ago? Well, mm-hmm. guess right. what? They are back. P4P is going to be at the Arnold Classic in 2019, March. <laughs> I'm getting ahead of myself. February 28th through March 3rd in Columbus, Ohio. Booth number yeah, 743. Yeah. So they're going to be sampling nice. watermelon, pop candy, alter Poppy. ego, pre-workout, and event-exclusive yeah. prices on supplements. And, of course, bring in the party. So P for P, booth number 743 at the Arnold Classic, February 28th through March 3rd. You heard it here. Watch Facebook for updates. And then do 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 Back to our regularly <laughs> scheduled show. <laughs> Which, hey, it is that time of the year, and by now, folks have made all kinds of New Year's resolutions, and sadly, mm-hmm. probably about three-fourths of those folks have already abandoned those New Year's resolutions, whatever they are, yeah. and mostly they deal with health or self-improvement of yeah. some sort. And so we brought the DKP, Dr. Corey Propes from the Diet Doc, mm-hmm. on the show with us tonight to talk to us about the psychology of New Year's resolutions and why they fail, because we want you to win at your health and wellness goals in 2019. And so I think part of that is understanding why they don't work and figuring out what Mm -hmm. will work to get us to the Mm -hmm. places they want to go. So, Dr. Corey, talk to us about New Year's resolutions and why we're so terrible at them. (laughs) Well, I think we're, in general, terrible about – Sticking with goals, period. Uh, not yeah. New Year's resolutions, well, you got it. but <laughs> New Year's resolutions are a little bit special because I don't know that we put a lot of thought into what what the process is going to be. So 
one of the things that, you know, as I was thinking about this topic that I wrote down is that our attention when we set a New Year's resolution is it's too often resting on that big outcome, right? The big achievement, the massive accomplishment, (laughs) rather than the actual process of it. And I, there's a few different ways that I think I can um, make this more real for people. Uh, The first would be like, I grew up in a farming community. (laughs) Well, of 4,500 people in in Wyoming. Yeah. I rode horses. You know, people were farmers. They grew hay and vegetables, and (laughs) they grew things. (laughs) They grew cattle even, okay? So they they, farmers have to plant things, and then they have to cultivate them. Mm Mm-hmm. And then they have to harvest them. Yes. Well, the cultivation piece can take a rather long time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. And a when we plant something, when we plant a goal, when we plant that idea and that intention to lose weight, for example, we want the harvest like yesterday. Right now. Oh, yeah. That better be be gone tomorrow. We want it out of the box or from the bottle. We do. We want a pill. We want a potion. We want it to be immediate. The cultivation piece, that incubation piece, uh, is missing. It's patience. It's it's rather mundane. It, It requires consistency. It's a discipline. It is. But here's another example. I'll give you this. So imagine that, Desiree, I give you, you guys have a choice. You can take $3 million right now, okay, or you can take Mm -hmm. one cent and we'll double it every day for 31 days. You choose three million dollars, and KP chooses the the penny. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, that's what I'm worth. <laughs> okay, so Desiree's like super sweet. I'm gonna three million dollars. I'm gonna go buy that car that I've been drooling over, and you know what? Th- that wardrobe that I've been wanting to replace. Cool, awesome. Yeah. I'm gonna re- replace that. Okay, awesome. KP's like. All right, I got a penny. <laughs> I got that penny. Yay. What am I gonna do with this? So, ten days later, Desiree spent a bunch of her three million dollars, and KP's got five bucks. Okay, because we're doubling Yay. it every day for thirty-one days. So, first day you have one cent, second day you have two, third day you have four, fifth day, yep. sorry, fourth day you have eight, eight cents. Fifth day, you have 16 cents. In 10 days, you have $5. Wow. In 20 days, you've got 5,000. KP, in 30, guess how much money you have. In 30 days, guess how much money you have. 
More money than five dollars. More money than three million. You've got ten wow. million dollars. Why? Because you waited, you were patient, you started small, you acted smartly, and you did things stably, and you ended up with big results. Okay, yes. let's look at this let's look at this from a weight perspective. Okay. Let's yes. say because when we lose weight, it's like, okay, 500 calories for seven days equals 3,500 total calories. That's one pound of fat, right? So mm-hmm. I need to reduce my calories by at least 500. What if you just decided to do like 125 calories? And you're going to take maybe 2,000 extra steps a day. Within 31 months, okay, yeah, that's almost three years, but... A, you're not starving. <laughs> B, you don't give up, right? Three, you're yeah. still eating mm-hmm. the foods you love. 125 calories really is a, it's like half a snack for most people. In 31 months, you've lost 30 pounds. So here's my point. We are way too quick to give up. We True. don't consider the compound effects of Really small movements over time consistently with stability. Small, smart, and stable is how I like to say it. The three S's. I like that. It. Like it. Yeah. So it's basically like having a really popular protein flavor like chocolate and then just taking your time with the snickerdoodle until it basically outsells all of that chocolate, and then Kaylin looks like a number one guy for choosing the right protein. <laughs> or, yeah. or it's like, you know, the flash-in-the-pan snickerdoodle, but the tried-and-true chocolate just keeps chugging along, chugging along, chugging yeah. along, chugging along, still putting up yeah. numbers, maybe not flashy like the snickerdoodle, but at the end of the day, still very strong yeah. and impressive. Exactly. But you wouldn't, when you start selling the chocolate, it doesn't look super fantastic. But when you look at at it over the course of a year or two or three, it's like, holy cow, look at all the sales that this has been making and how much money. Yeah, bazinga. Bazinga. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, This is great. I think I'm being caught here. I think I'm being (laughs) caught <laughs> There's a DK great Chris, I got a question. This okay, is one of my gym members. This is one of my gym members, so she had me write this down so I wouldn't forget. Oh. Because nice. she is on one of the earlier points that you made about this uh, strict selective eating, and yeah. she, there were two of them, three of her, well, her and two other friends. Uh-huh. They started a diet that was very restrictive. And they've been seeing the results. Yeah. The only problem is that one of the three fell off, not much, but just enough to basically see the reflections of the poor choice in eating after such a strict, restrictive diet. Mm -hmm. And she blew up like a blimp. And (laughs) so now the, the member, gym member, is really frightened now because she knows because of the restrictive mm-hmm. dieting is also 
going to be part of her and her friend's life that haven't done the different diet. And basically it's cutting out all carbs and they've been, See, you know, seeing the, ask. so they've mm-hmm. seen all the, the, you know, the, I guess the progress picks of what's where they started and where they are now, but yeah. she's afraid of what happens now when she starts, um, you know, having the, the holiday, I mean, the birthdays with the family, because mm-hmm. she has a lot of birthdays at the end of February and uh, toward the middle of March. I think it's up to the 17th. So that's mm-hmm. about eight parties that she's going to be going mm-hmm. to, and she's like, with that kind of, you know, family and friends and atmosphere and possibly drinking, she mm-hmm. is really frightened. So basically she, mm-hmm. she was on a program. She stayed diligent. She saw the mm-hmm. results. But now she's afraid of the outcome when she gets back to society because I don't think people really understand. They see right now, but they don't see yeah. long-term or big picture like you're saying. So how do you keep someone from derailing after basically making a choice to do something that seemed like it was successful, but in the <laughs> long run it's going to be pretty pretty harsh when, you know, the, the, the weight gain starts coming on and not in a good way? Well, I don't think it has to come on in a good in a good way. I think she's in she's in a prime spot right now because she's she's got some level of awareness that this is the possibility. Her friend blew up like a blimp, like you said, but that mm-hmm. only happens that only happens with something extreme. So, because she recognizes that okay, this could maybe happen. And I'm looking ahead, and I have all of these real-life things that are in situations and events that are going to be happening in my life. I think rather than getting sucked into the fear of this, I'm, I'm blowing up, like this was a stupid idea, and it's not going to work out. How about I use the fear to do something smart? <laughs> How about I start working with someone who can kind of begin titrating my carbohydrates, supporting me in a way to titrate those carbohydrates and bring them up to a a more optimal level so then not blowing up. And in the process, learn the appropriate way of eating, the most effective way of eating. She doesn't have to do it on her own. And that isn't the end-all, be-all, her gaining all of her weight back and more. It doesn't have to be that way. Mm-hmm. But what I see what I see is just baseline right, level, it's good that she recognizes that it's not smart. We, we got another guest. Who is it? Yeah, I heard oh, that. Sorry, that's my, miniature da- that's my miniature dash sound. <laughs> she got excited for a minute. Okay. Who's trying to figure out with the rest of us, the rest of us, what titrate means? Because that's a big word. So I think we might need some clarification. <laughs> small, small incremental changes, kind of like an IV drip. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Good analogy. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I, I would look at where she's at right now see that she's recognizing some things that this is a really healthy level of reflection that she's engaging in like, okay, yeah, there are some considerations that I didn't consider in the beginning 
So now right. if I were to do this smartly, what would I do? She doesn't have to blow up like her friend. There's yeah, some lessons really to be learned here. And I and I'm wondering if she's she thinks she's like, All right, I'm on a really low restricted diet mm-hmm. right now on none. carbs and Zero. we know that Zero. oh none. Okay, well then there we go. We've got a very um <laughs> extreme restriction going on. Yeah. And you're right. I it does sound like your friend your client, your friend Kayla needs is going to need some guidance oh, on how to correctly oh, introduce no. carbs back <laughs> into her diet. No, yeah. no, no, not my. There, there was no way. Well, I, not I a would training, ever. not a training client, but I didn't know if she was a kickboxing in one of your classes or something like that. I'm not I, suggesting I you're her nutrition that. coach. Not that kind of diet. Okay, oh, no. so I retract that. Kaylin's friend <laughs> at the gym. It does sound like she she's gonna need a lot of support in how to introduce carbs of any kind because guys exactly. carbs are in everything you've got your junk carbs and then you've got your good carbs but it's your body's still going to recognize it as a carb it needs carbs so you she's going to need some help getting that back into her system in a manner to where she doesn't have the balloon effect mm-hmm. exactly and it's still it's possible she needs, she needs someone to help her titrate titration <laughs> yeah titration I'm just. I'm going to start okay. using that word now because I. It was not in my vocabulary before, but I like it. It is now. Oh yeah. I mean, it is. It is. We actually get a lot of clients who come to us who have been dieting ketogenically, and I uh-huh. don't actually. I don't know that it's. I don't know that they've been doing it consistently or um, that it's been true keto. Because uh-huh. what a lot of people will talk about is they have like a free day, and then I'm thinking, well, then it's not keto. <laughs> right. No. It's not keto. Um, but completely possible to move them into new carbohydrate levels and not have them blow up. It's just that it has to be methodical and careful. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. very cool. You know. All right. So, I think that this is a really good kind of segue into the next thing that I think is really important, and it's that it's almost, it feels to me like she's ready to jump ship. Like she's yeah. that scare, scared and fearful about the possibility that. All of them, really. Yeah. In, in that sort of situation, it's just like, okay, now we let everything go. All the things that we've been implementing, like mm. I'm just – but like I just gonna purge all of that stuff and start over. Well, the thing I'm thinking is that we we too often we leave the door open for quitting, and we view a failure like she might view this as a failure. It was a bad decision, or we view a mistake, yes. or we view a setback as some sort of personal weakness, and that doesn't really set us up well for you know, continuing, getting back up with some level of resilience and um, equanimity. Hey, there's another word. Put that in your vocabulary book. Equanimity, equanimity. along with titrate. All right. I'm it's, on. One, <laughs> it's one of my favorite words. It's, it means balanced mind. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but so this is what I'm saying is this is a misstep. There was a misstep for her. 
I yeah. missed something in the mm-hmm. beginning or I didn't take something into consideration. I acted impulsively. I jumped on something that, you know, I knew I was going to get results really, really fast with, but I didn't consider the longer-term consequences. Okay, there was a misstep. We need to be able to look at missteps as information to move closer to what's really important. And so she can choose right now in this space that she's in to look at it from that perspective, or she can continue acting impulsively and just throw her hands up in the air and act in fear and make another poor decision. Gotcha. So this is leading. So I've got a question that's leading into a bunch of other questions that are starting to build up. So I'm going to try and group them together and maybe you can help us navigate through all of this growing up because this is actually a pretty good case study. So I'm, I, I don't know if this gal started on this diet with her friends as a new year's resolution, but I'm just going to say, I'm going to use it as a case study. No. Let's say she did. Okay. No. no. Well, I'm going to say she did. <laughs> okay. So to go along with the theme of our show, so so we've got this. Let's pretend. So we've got this diet that we've started because we want to lose this weight. And so you We're talked not. about yeah. cultivation. So we've got this quick these results Equinimity. here. We don't always see that, but we're talking about cultivation and tide mm-hmm. trading and equanimity. Yes. Um, so <laughs> what are some of the tools to cultivating? Because Angie, um, one of our listeners, is asking about the meditation aspect of a post you put out there, DKP, about meditation, health, and wellness. Yes. So I'm wondering if maybe that's a tool to cultivation. And then our, our New Year's resolution extreme dieter, she's wanting to know how does she get back the trust that has been lost. And these all kind of seem like cultivation tools to me to stay on mm-hmm. task till we get to the harvest the true end harvest. So I don't know if that makes sense, but kind of Mm -hmm. move us through this farming New Year's resolution analogy we got going on right here. Okay. So let's see. I think you mentioned meditation. You're asking for tools, strategies, tactics, right? That's going to help us navigate and move through that longer period of time, that incubation cultivation period. So yes, you mentioned meditation and call it mindfulness, call it whatever you want to, but what it is is not, it's learning how to navigate and be with intense emotion, feeling, and, and thoughts that oftentimes snag us and pull us in and m- cause us to act in ways that aren't necessarily effective right? So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We, we experience uh, a high level of stress or anxiety. What's the number one thing that you typically hear from someone who is dieting for fat loss when they experience stress or anxiety? They want to eat. Yeah, they emotional eating. So I just did a talk on this today. Um, within our client, the Diet Doc Life Athlete Tribe. And so one of the strategies, and you can learn this through meditation, but it's not, you don't have to do meditation to learn it, um, is to begin understanding how emotion manifests or arises or erupts, whatever you, however you want to say it, within you. So... 
is stress is a perception. Stress is what I choose to call an event that produces some level of energy on the circumstances of my situation. I don't have to call it stress. I could say something just occurred that has me experiencing some level of unpleasantness or discomfort. <laughs> Doesn't that sound different than I'm stressed? Yes. So yeah. my point is we we can begin to understand ourselves a bit better by learning how our bodies tell us something is occurring because emotion is energy. It's just energy in motion in our bodies. It moves, it shifts, you know, how do you know you feel something? Wow. If I said, how do you know that you you react? No, you react to it. I don't know. You feel, I don't, that is a tough question. Kayla, I'm going to let you feel that one. Oh, oh, Boom. Don't leave me out of here. Because <laughs> I don't have an answer. That's not going to sound okay. probably incredibly stupid, but I think you react to it. I mean, that's how you feel it, so you respond. Okay. So, yes, that is how most people, that's how it happens for most people. There's an emotion, and when we, re- we react, there's some sort of a behavior, right? So I'm sitting at dinner with um, my partner, and <clears throat> he has not asked me yet how my day went. I'm getting irritated. So I react. (laughs) When are you going to ask me how my day went? That's not going to go over well. There's an alternative to that, to just reacting to an emotion, right? It's, oh, I'm noticing I'm getting a little tense right now. I can feel my face getting hot. <laughs> um, yeah. my, chest, my chest feels tight and my breathing rate is going up. My face so is our, up. Our bodies, our bodies are what let us know that there is an emotion occurring, that energy is shifting in some way. So when I ask you the question, how do you know you're anxious or that there's anxiety present? Well, my body tells me. Like, my palms sweat. I mean, KP said it in the very beginning when he was singing. How did he know that there was some shift in energy? He was sweating. Yes. Yes, I was. He, he, oh, wow. he didn't react and say, oh, my God, I'm so stressed. I can't do it. I'm not going to sing. No, it's not happening. That would, be, that would be a reaction that wouldn't necessarily be effective. Or, no. or he's sweating. He feels some level of unpleasantness. It's like I'm sweating. Oh, oh, where's the cake? Yes. <laughs> where's the snickerdoodle donut? <laughs> right. Yes. <laughs> so, what meditation teaches us, what um, mindfulness can help us practice, is learning how our bodies let us know what is happening. And okay. it's almost like we can take a step back and be like, oh, okay, that's an experience of tension in my, in my chest. Okay, I'm sweating a little bit. I'm fidgeting. 
And then in that situation where I'm like, I notice the thought in my mind, when is he going to ask me how my day went? Like, I can just notice the thought and not get snagged by it and have that thought become literally what comes out of my mouth. Just like, oh, that's interesting. (laughs) I'm expecting him to ask me how my day went. Why would I expect that from him? So we have this, like, healthy level of distance from it. The thought isn't a directive or something to be believed because literally that thought is just a story. The situation was we were sitting there eating. That's it. And, yeah, fact, he had not asked me, but it became a story that that was somehow bad or wrong and wasn't the way it was supposed to be. We cling to things being different than they are. And it's okay. that clinging, it's that clinging that, like, it should be this way. He should be acting that way. Like, I should have this. I should have lost that weight because I've been working so freaking hard. That's just a story. It's a story we tell ourselves, but when we cling to it and we grasp it and we believe it, it creates such suffering, doesn't it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so what if we were just like this girl, she's like, gosh, I am, I'm noticing that I'm getting really upset about this. Rather than getting really upset about it and getting ready to throw in the towel and, oh, my God, I made such a big mistake and reacting, how about responding in a more compassionate, kind, almost forgiving way towards herself like, okay, I get that I was feeling a, I was feeling desperate and I really wanted to lose weight quickly and I'm noticing if I go back, I was swept up and my friends getting really excited about it too and there was this frenzy and we all felt connected and we could do it if we did it together and I got swept up in that and I didn't stop and and just kind of take a second and breathe and ask if this True. was really something that was going to be good for me. Yes. So there is, I think, Desiree and KP, there's, this is not easy stuff. I mean, I can talk like <laughs> it's super simple, but, you know, in that moment when I'm sitting at the dinner table and I'm having those thoughts, I'm like, I had to get up from the table because I didn't want to say that. (laughs) I didn't want that to come out of my mouth. Like, and I do this for a living. I meditate daily. I practice mindfulness, this non-judgmental awareness of thoughts, of feelings, like, okay, I see they're there. I don't have to react to them. They don't have to turn into behavior. You know, they're not directives to go do something I it do can this. Be that quick, right? It can happen that? that fast. It can. It does. Mm-hmm. It does. And so part of it is recognizing that it's going to too. It, it Okay. <laughs> and and it's okay. Like we can begin again. That's that's one of the lovely pieces about meditation that I 
so respect is part of the practice is, you know, because when we're focusing on one thing in meditation, what we're doing is we're substituting an object for um, that we're going to put our attention on for the discursive mind. The mind is always going, right? It's always running and flitting and jumping from right. one thing to the next. That's what the mind does. In meditation, we train. What we're doing is we're practicing. When we notice it's lost somewhere, we bring our attention back to the one thing, whether it's the feel of our breathing or a mantra or an image or whatever, okay? So it's not like when I'm sitting in meditation, my mind is quiet and isn't doing anything. The mind, that's what the mind does. So like you said, KP, it happens and it can happen very quickly where we do get lost. We don't notice we're lost in that thought and we say something or we do something and that we're going to regret. But there's always the begin again. Every time I get lost when I'm sitting in meditation, I notice it. Then I say to myself, thinking, and then I escort my attention back to the one thing. And you begin again. And then you get lost again. And then you come back again. And you begin again and again and again and again. And that, that is the same thing we're, we started this conversation with, which is the cultivation piece. We begin again. We constantly recommit. Every day we go out to the field and we look at how it's doing. Okay, we're progressing. Oh, it doesn't look like it's doing anything, but I know that I'm watering it. Okay, I'll be patient. And we do the daily disciplines. You know, I, I wake up every morning. First thing I do is I work out. Then I stretch. Then I meditate. I get done in the morning when I have more control over my schedule than at any other time in the morning. I get done then what needs doing. It's not sexy. <laughs> it's not super fancy. It's just it's, it's a discipline. And what happens when I just do that over and over and over and over and over and over and over again is it compounds just like the penny. It becomes habit. It becomes a habit, it builds momentum, and then I get results. I mean, I think you've tied it all together in such just a really nice bow because we want things to be simple, but we want them simple in the wrong way. We want them simply, like we said, I want to take something and let it happen. I don't want to work at it. Work is called work because it's work. That's why there's a Mm -hmm. work out. And, you know, when you talk about just starting again, starting again, starting again, that just really resonates with me why so many New Year's resolutions fail, because we don't start again. We come into a bump, and we we stay on that bump. We don't get back on the bandwagon. And I think the mindfulness is a really unique piece that you bring to it as well, because that's going to be so important to keep you in the right mind frame to be able to get back up and keep starting again when things don't go the way that you intended them to do. So, and this next question actually ties in, so I want to make sure that I get this in here before we stray too far off, but this one is from Belinda, and I think this has to deal with the mindfulness of it too, but she's saying self-image of huge, um, self-image I think she's saying is huge with women as compared to how guys are viewed. I just need to know 
how to keep it balanced to where I don't get manic, depressive, and derail myself. Mm. And I feel that's where, like, the mindfulness can be so important. Yeah. How are you deciphering that question? What is it exactly that she wants to know? Um, um, I would say, and Kaylin, you can hop in too. I mean, I think she's okay. feeling like the the image of how women, how society expects women to look. Mm-hmm. There's more yeah, pressure okay. for women to meet that image than there is of men. That's how I'm reading that. Kaylin, how are okay. you deciphering that? So I think that, I, I think I have, if I can, share what I'm what I'm thinking. Um, so I don't necessarily agree that it's harder for women. I think there are a lot of pressures that men feel as well, but I don't think that matters. I think what matters more is that, what did you say her name was? Belinda. 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 Is that Belinda begins to pay attention to what she is feeding herself with in terms of information and images and societal expectations. Like, is she looking at Instagram and other women's bodies? What is she looking at fashion magazines? Oh, Oh, heck yes. Okay. So I don't look at that crap. I don't want... I don't want to feed my mind with these unrealistic ideas and images of what I quote unquote should look like. My body is like no one else's. I'm the only person who can determine what I feel best doing, what I feel best eating, how I feel best moving. All of that needs to come from me. Now, I recognize that there are cultural ideals and and societal messages that are sent everywhere, but we have to be responsible consumers. We don't have to look at it. And we can, when it's out there, we can stand up for something different. I I don't follow bodybuilding pages (laughs) as as. Again, as much as I practice this stuff, like if I get sucked into a bodybuilding feed on Instagram or something and I'm looking at all these women's bodies, I can tell you, because I feel it. I can. We're talking about energy, right, and emotion. Like I start mm-hmm. contracting, contracting inside and getting tight, and then I start having, like, start doubting things. Oh, my gosh. No, no, I'm with you. Shut it off. I've experienced that. Yeah. No, we want, you know, thoughts and emotions create different sorts of reactions in our bodies when that energy true. changes. They contract or they expand. Right? They contract or expand. But Linda can start paying attention to the things she's paying attention to and how she's spending her time And if she starts to notice, like, wow, I am tight and constricted and I'm doubting myself, like, okay, let's take stock. Let's start filling our minds and fueling our bodies and minds with other things that expand us and open us up and help us to feel lighter and healthier and happier and more joyful 
and forgiving and compassionate and loving towards ourselves instead of beating ourselves up all the time and start taking notice too of what her self-talk is like. Because no, if it's, if it's really critical and if it's really negative, she needs to realize that those aren't, that's not her voice. Those are her words. No. Yeah. no. When she came out of the womb, no. She wasn't criticizing herself like that. It's other people's voices, society's voices, whoever's, mentors, caregivers. I don't know where they came from, what she's reading, but it's not hers. I mean, and I think that's so true. And I. <laughs> I mean, she's feeling like she knows a lot of women that she's are in the fitness industry or follows, or I'm not mm-hmm. sure. And <clears throat> it's feeling that most of them aren't matching the posts or the image they're portraying on social mediums. And a lot of time that's not true. And it makes me remember the time I had someone tell me, they're like, Desiree, I mean, yes, you compete and you post pictures of when you're competing, but you also need to post pictures of when you're in your off season, mm-hmm. which Mm-hmm. I I haven't really, but I think I have some, and yeah, I don't look exactly the same as I do when I'm competing. No. Who can, you know, except for Caleb? No. He looks he just looks huge all the time. <laughs> but I mean, mus- muscular all the time, not not huge like that. But anyway, I, I but I don't know if you go back and watch offended. some of the interviews, folks, you'll see my face is very full. <laughs> Over this past year, I've probably sure. weighed more than I've weighed ever. And, um, uh-huh. and, you know, so you work on that. But uh, anyway, that's all I have to say about that. Kaylin? Well, I was going to say that, uh, yeah, aside from me looking huge, it, it, I don't really hear those words anymore. They don't really bother me. And I don't take them in the wrong way. But I noticed that um, I think what she's saying about the the people not matching up what they say is, I, I think she's putting mm-hmm. competitors in a realm that doesn't really exist mm-hmm. for us either, is that we're we're still human. And there's yeah. nothing, yeah. like, super special about what we do yeah. other than the dedication that we commit to it. So, you know, it, it, like uh, DKP was saying, you know, if, if we're not having the proper self-image for ourselves, then how can we ever really hold anybody in the light that they should be addressed as well. Am I am I missing this, DKP, or is this, this tying into what you were saying? No, I I think both of I think what both of you are saying is really really relevant uh, in terms of I've I've encountered that too. I see an image and then the caption or the post of that's attached to the image doesn't doesn't go. It's like it doesn't fit. It you're giving me it's mismatched in some way. Um, mm-hmm. Again, I think it comes back down to if she's recognizing that what what she's paying attention to isn't fueling her in in a positive and healthy way, and stop looking at it. I see it mm-hmm. as very simple. <laughs> I, that's up to her. She's not going to change what these people are posting. She she mm-hmm. needs to ask herself if it's worth worth looking at to be at her best. And this can be difficult if your entire like network is these people who are 
projecting negative body image and talking about things that you recognize aren't helpful to you and yeah. it's tough. There you That's go. really, really tough. You yeah. you're in a position where you're like you're now in a position in a space where you're feeling around in the dark and asking yourself like, Wow, okay, I'm noticing this is not comfortable for me anymore. Maybe it was before. Maybe I was okay with it before, but it's not now. Not sure what to do with it. But just that recognition in itself is really healthy. Like, uh, okay, I'm, I'm just going to pay attention to this now and kind of live into the, the question of what I'm noticing. I don't have to make any decisions right now to you know, stop ha- hanging out with certain people or to stop looking at certain things, but I'm going to have a new level of awareness about how it's affecting me. Because ultimately it's her health. Psychological and physical health. Yes. Love ultimately that is what it comes down to, and I think that is a good note for us to wrap on for tonight because we are out of time. But I mean, really, this is, I didn't know what kind, what I know, what really to expect as far as how our conversation one is going to go and why New Year's resolutions fail. But I think you touched on a lot of practical things tonight. And also just to remind people that they do have control of the things that they do and have also given them a few tools to, you know, help them practice that control that they have. Great. Yeah. I hope it was helpful. Yeah, exactly. thank you guys. Oh well, it helped me. It helped me. So with awesome. that DKP, thanks so much. What are the two words? We are so excited what are the about two words. Two words? Oh. And... oh. I've already forgotten the two, the two words. words. No, I think that they were um cultivation and titration. <laughs> Yeah, cultivation, titration and equanimity is also three. And then oh, we have equanimity. the three S's yeah. also. There we go. Yes. Yes. So, guys, there's a lot here and a lot to digest. Yeah, so I hope you um, go back to the archives and take a listen to it and take notes and try implementing, you know, new habits and coping methods into your life instead of (laughs) resolutions. So just remember, get back on the horse, get back on the horse, get back on the horse. If you remember nothing else, get back on the horse. (laughs) Begin again. Begin again. Hold on, hold on. What you, hold on. what you got, Kaylin? Kaylin, Desiree, how can you guys have the, the guest on about the show you couldn't remember she used to have with Dr. Joe that we couldn't remember? What? We have a show now. We, we have the Diet Doc Life Mastery podcast. Yeah, but you have but I think that's new. something else. Did we have another show? Yes, we used to watch it. We'd have to go to another app or link or something and watch it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We used to live stream, the early live streaming. What was that, Corey? You you used to do it all the time. It was a whole different app. It wasn't really a show, but you would get on and do basically the equivalent of Facebook Live videos before there were Facebook Live videos. What was that? Yes. (laughs) I remember now what you're talking about. I was still living in Evansville, and... We did. I think yes. we did that almost every week, and we'd invite people in from our community, too, and do a live stream. 
I don't remember yeah. the name yes. of it, to be honest. What was, but it was, a, it was an app. You know what, guys? You, I forgot about it, but now you've changed me back into it. I'm going to have to look that up. But it was an app because I remember watching other people, and it was totally new, and then Facebook Live came and just crushed the life yeah. out of it. <laughs> yeah, how funny is that ages ago? <laughs> but it just goes that to show we reference something, and our <laughs> listeners, they don't forget. They don't forget. They bring it up. Oh, so thanks for keeping us honest, guys. They don't forget. So well, yeah. Hopefully, they hopefully don't that forget. listener, hopefully that listener has subscribed to the Diet Doc Life Mastery podcast on YouTube, and yeah, because yes. we put out content every single day. Yes, Doctor Joe's head. That's what I just got. Doctor Joe's head. So I guess he's on a lot of yep, uh, so. range. <laughs> <laughs> Yep, and uh, they think that you and Dr. Joe are the best, so thanks again. So, guys, remember, Live Mastery, you can find Dr. Corey on Facebook. You can find Dr. Joe on Facebook. You can find Diet Doc on Facebook. You can find Diet Doc on the interweb. Just Google it. Yeah, so they are all out there. Google them. The, go to The Google Diet Doc. Them. The Diet Doc. Uh, yeah, we'd love to hear from you. And uh, DKP, we wish you all the best in your cycling. We want to, once you've competed some, we'll be watching you on Facebook. Let us know how that goes because we definitely want you back to talk about that. That And uh, actually, we're trying to get get someone on the show who can give us the ins and outs of marathon running. So, you know, between that and your cycling, we're going to have the endurance sports kind of kind of covered here maybe a little bit well if you need so if anyway. you need any recommendations i can send you some names yeah please do please do okay. we always yeah. are looking for great voices to be on the show and with that being said on behalf of dr Corey and dr joe vicariously kaylin the voice of <laughs> muscle and snickerdoodle and chocolate way for the win your body is a temple <laughs> So let's build it. Yeah, <laughs>